Now Evil to the right hand, puts her down. He's going to dump him hard to the ice. Brady Leopold just loves to fight. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome My dream of being a professional hockey player became a reality, but it was all taken away from me in a very short period of time. For many years, hockey was my outlet. Hockey was my drug. When I had a stick in my hand, nothing else mattered. I was able to break into the Western Hockey League in 2004, and I even won the Swift Current Broncos Rookie of the Year. During the summer of my rookie year, I experimented with drugs for the first time. After just seven games in my sophomore season, I walked away from the Swift Current Broncos due to personal reasons. Nobody knew I had been sexually abused at the age of five. I did everything to hide it from everybody, but I just couldn't take it. Drugs and alcohol now took over my life. I did return to the Swift Current Broncos as a 19-year-old, but things were never the same. I was eventually traded to the Kelowna Rockets in my final year of junior where I got to play on a line with the Dallas Stars captain, Jamie Benn, and one of my best friends, the extremely talented Colin Long. It was by far my best season ever, and I even signed with the Tampa Bay Lightning's organization. A dream come true, right? That's when everything went wrong. First it was the cocaine, then came the Oxycontin, and that led me into a 12-year journey into the deepest pits of hell. Within two years, I had now made the switch to heroin, fentanyl, and everything in between, and I was now an intravenous drug user. Multiple suicide attempts and over five trips to the psych ward, I was a shadow of who I once was. By 2014, I was homeless on Hastings in Vancouver, the worst street in North America. By 2015, I was a wanted criminal, making the Crime Stopper headlines more than once. After spending three years in jail, I had completely given up. With nowhere to turn and nowhere to go, I finally started to get honest. I took a chance and made some major changes. This is my story. 911, I overdosed over 10 times. I'm one of the lucky ones. And for that, I will always be grateful. This is for all the men and women we've lost. Matthew Lazinski, Mitch Fadden, this one's for you. My name's Brady Lebel, and I've been to hell and back. This is the road to recovery. Strap on your blade, you can follow me too. Give me your ear to hockey and hell and back. What is going on, everybody? Welcome, Hockey to Hell and Back, episode number... 112. Take this in for a second. It comes out in three days on Spotify. That's uh, Chad Charles Campbell, uh, musician. He wrote the song Hockey to Hell and Back. Thank you, Chad. We're planning the music video. And in the meantime, do yourselves a favor. If you haven't heard the song, I think he knew. Uh, also by Chad Campbell, in memory of the late Daniel Miner, who played for the Barry Colts and passed away in 2021 of an overdose. And it was his uh, childhood friend. Uh, Daniel was somebody that uh, 
looked up to Chad tremendously and he's uh, written a song in his memory. It's called, I think he knew uh, if you've watched or listened to the show, you've heard it and maybe even seen the music video, which I have a small part in. Uh, and also uh, on that topic to try to transition into something, uh, happy news with the minor family, my buddy Harper Schmidt, who is Daniel Miner's nephew. Uh, made the travel team down there in the Dunville area. So congratulations to Harper. He gets he gets the horn. I was down there last weekend, and he wasn't going to go to the tryouts. He's like, I don't know. And I'll be honest, I don't know if these, look how young he is. I don't think they need to be trying out at this age. But nonetheless, they were trying out, and he wasn't going to go. And I was like, Harp, just go. I'm here. I'm going to watch. And uh, so he made the team, and he called me this morning. and was like, thanks for for encouraging me to go. So going to get emotional here. Way to go, Harper. Love you, buddy. We'll be right back with Kelly Rudy after we hear from Regan Bartell. Hi there, it's Regan Bartell, the play-by-play voice of the Kelowna Rockets, Brady Leopold's biggest fan. Team Issued is connecting all walks of life. Team Issued does this by recreating that special feeling of being a part of something bigger. A community for all striving towards the same goal. TeamIssued.ca. Promo code TOEDRAG15 for 15% off. Go check out Team Issued. They've been a sponsor of the show since the second episode of Hockey to Heroin, The Road to Recovery, which I was just telling Kelly Rudy behind the scenes closing in on almost 200 podcasts so thank you to everyone uh many of you i know are watching two of you any anyways right now have been watching since day one so thank you uh but without further ado you guys hear from me all the time so let's get to why you're here really excited and honored to have kelly rudy come back on the show and this is a guy again that i watched as a kid i still you know remember being a young boy and i'm not trying to age you kelly but watching you and and that was the era that I grew up watching the NHL, and he was just such a staple, especially with the LA Kings when I was when I was growing up. And you know, to see somebody you know venture into something outside of hockey and have success, and then use his platform to also share his story and his family's story. And his daughter Caitlin does some tremendous work, and I you know kind of been connected with her since you were on the show last time, Kelly, whether you know or not. But we'll talk more about that. But I'm going to shut up and let's bring in my friend. From Sportsnet, Kelly Rudy. I guess it's Hockey Night in Canada. Is that how I pronounce it? Uh, whatever. It's all good. <laughs> and thanks for having me on again, Brady. And I do know that today you uh, connected again with Tate and Hayden. And uh, we greatly appreciate that and the support. And uh, we just feel like we're all connected together, right, brother? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the most important thing. I think your audio might be a little crackly. If somebody can throw in the comments, it's live. I don't know, but I'm going to uh, just continue on here for a moment. And I think that's a really important message is that we are all in this together. And re- whether it's, you know, more good days or puck support or I got mind, uh, Bob Wilkie, uh, yeah. you know, there's, there's multiple people and organizations that are trying to make a difference. And that's what this is going to take. It's going to take an army of people and organizations to really make a difference that's needed yeah that's right i love bob also uh you know i started with bob wilkie uh, many years ago when i believe he wrote his autobiography in around 2012 uh brady and um that's when i really got a grasp of uh, what he had gone through and he was very open and it's interesting you talk about how we're sharing our story so 
about a week ago, I was at a, a place uh, for a speaking engagement. I'm uh, not sharing Caitlin's story, but my story about how my mental health was uh, starting to get the best of me in a negative way uh, in the summer of 2019. And I'm sharing this uh, with about 102 people, I believe, were in the room. And you know, Brady, the eyes always tell you the truth, right? And so I had introduced myself to this uh, guy and his wife uh, before the speaking engagement. And I was concerned because uh, he had that look in his face and I shared my story. Then we did a Q&A and then he came up to me afterwards, a uh, total stranger, right? Like I'd only met him that uh, day and he said, uh, because of this conversation, uh, I'm gonna go get the help that I need because I do know that I'm going through some stuff and I haven't uh, taken good care of myself. So that's the beautiful thing of this world that we're doing now, the sharing and, and uh, helping complete strangers and. It's, it's only going to get better, and you know that more than anybody, that the, the change in society, how this is really, it's okay to talk about it now, and uh, there's no shame, and it, let's just do the best we can and, and uh, get the help we need. 100% and I want to continue talking about that and you you know and thank you for that for for being so courageous and sharing your story and I kind of want to talk about that more we're having some issues with your audio Kelly I don't know if it's uh, your mic or I'm just gonna take you in and out maybe that'll help and if not I, I think people are still saying you can definitely still hear it's crackly a little bit but we can still get I'll just uh, take you out and in here real quick how's that I haven't had that before so I hope it's Interesting. Yeah, it's still still a little bit choppy, but uh, maybe it'll maybe it'll clear up. But you know, you you, you mentioned sharing your story, and it was back in in 2019, and it, you, you said in a group it, that was kind of before you were real public about your own story. And then you took another step forward. I think it was sometime in 2021 where you really, you know, started to share your story more publicly. And and sort of, I would like to kind of know how that experience has been for you. Um, has it been therapeutic? And obviously, like you said, there's going to be people that are coming up to you um, because this is just so common. And that's why we need to talk about it. Yeah, it's been very therapeutic. Uh, in fact, uh, I've gone uh, a number of times on social media. I want to say Instagram and Twitter. And uh, I can't remember how many times I shared my personal story, uh, but I got the strength from Caitlin. And I always thought that if she could share her story, and she started sharing hers publicly in 2013, Brady, um, and I know you're very familiar with her and what she's gone through. Uh, I thought, you know what, maybe I should share mine because uh, uh, I also have a platform and I wanted to be real. And I thought in 2019, when my thoughts started to get the best of me, they're all work-related, by the way, for me, for the most part. And uh, I was thinking I had rational thoughts. And then when they turned irrational and the loop became you know, unstoppable, I didn't know how to break that loop. Then I knew I needed to go get the help. And I'm really glad I did. The one thing I regret, Brady, is that I didn't go soon enough. So I think it was in, I did share with my family that I was going to go see somebody, but I don't know why it didn't go sooner, but I don't think I went to get help. My first session would have been October, I believe, of 2020. So I, I waited far too long. But it was my sort of like my breaking point when I really knew I couldn't do it alone was September of 2020 when uh, the NHL was now back. They're in the bubble. And I went to Toronto to work some playoff games, and that was a disaster. It, it was partially pandemic but more it, my thoughts started 
you know, getting the best of me before the pandemic started. So it, they're kind of related, but not really. And then just from my sharing, I, it's just the most beautiful, heartwarming thing to me because so many people send me messages and thank me for talking about it and how they're going through things. And I just feel the, the love. And, you know, I, I, I don't want to sound corny because I do think to a certain degree, I'm not the biggest fan necessarily of social media because there's so much hatred and stuff out there. And I'm just trying to use my platform to sort of say, hey, listen, we can come together about something. And this is an important topic and, and maybe we can help each other. And I believe uh, the community I'm involved in is doing some good things. Very much so. Um, I, I kind of want to go back, if you don't mind. And, and again, you can you can pass. And I know you're a pro at this, so you've been trained yeah. in how to deflect and everything else. But when you talk about those dark times and you're heading into to do some NHL games, and you know, here's Kelly Rudy, who a guy like me has seen since I was a kid, right yeah. on TV, essentially like a Superman. You got your headband on. It was like your power <laughs> tied on, and 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 then you go and you transition out of playing and I know it wasn't easy at the end of your career and I know things you kind of got a, a good contract at the end but there was times when you were am I good enough to keep playing I you know I read your book I know and and really questioning that but then you find this role uh, as an analyst and you're you know you've been tremendously successful at it you do a great job and to again to someone like me who's a fan of Kelly Rudy as a player now as an analyst here I am and I'm watching you and you bring it every single night on TV and I would have never known so for Kelly Rudy, in those moments, in the pandemic, in the bubble, how hard was it for you to get through that? And did the people around you know? Did you let the, your coworkers and everything else? Or were you kind of fearful of what that may in, entail at your situation of your job? Yeah, there's a lot there, Brady. So, Sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh, no, it's fantastic. So because I'll be, I'll be transparent. So when I look back on what my brain was telling me in the summer of 2019, it's identical to what I went through in 92, 93. And you read my book about how uh, I had all these thoughts that I couldn't play any longer. I couldn't keep up uh, my spot with the LA Kings, all these things that were, again, going into that summer of 92, 93, those were rational thoughts, right? How much longer can I keep playing? My wife, Donna, was pregnant with our third child. So there's a lot of pressure um, to make a living. And that pressure sort of got the best of me. And then they, they went from, again, those rational thoughts, irrational, you can't do it, you're no good anymore. All the same things that I was starting to go through in the summer of 2019, which, by the way, Brady, really surprised me because I knew that, you know, looking back, that that was mental health related in 92, 93. But then for the most part, yeah, sure, we get, all of us get a little anxious from time to time. But for the most part, I was you know, doing great. You know, I was, I didn't have thoughts, you know, like that, not related to that. And then in the summer of 2019, they started to come back. And again, they were rational. They were, what was I entering my 21st year on hockey night in Canada? So that's a long time, right? And so my thoughts were, well, I wonder how much longer you can keep doing this. And then that's a perfectly normal thought. And then they went to the start of the season to, well, you better be perfect or else this will be your last year. And then perfect on live television is impossible, right? And so that, that process started to get the best of me. And interestingly enough, it was never for a Flames game, a regional game. It was only on Saturdays, which I get because there's a lot more pressure and a lot more people watching. 
but mainly is for the pregame show. If I could get through the pregame show, most often I was, you know, going to be just fine. But the the anxiety I felt and nervousness and all that before the pregame show is uh, overwhelming. And I had many times like that this past season, Brady. And uh, it, it, it was great until November-ish early December and those thoughts really started to get loud again. Oftentimes before the pregame show, I'd call Donna about 40 minutes before she'd help me breathe and start to uh, uh, get some break the loop, more rational thoughts. Uh, And I was able to get through the shows painfully sometimes, uh, really painfully. Uh, And then it was in uh, February, I believe um, that was just, it was, almost unbearable like it was next to impossible some days to get on the plane on Fridays um but I did because I knew I had to and that's the other thing with what I'm going through my brain wants to make me stop and Mm. stopping would be then my brain would win right and I can't I can't allow that to happen and so my bosses all knew um what I was going through in fact they asked if I wanted time off and I did, but I knew that I couldn't because then my brain would win, right? That's another thing that I just can't allow that to happen. And then there's this one week that really is, it turned it all around for me for last hockey season anyways. It was a Tuesday and my producer, Brian Spear, called me and uh, we were, I was going to film something before the pregame show on Saturday, so in four days, uh, with David Amber. And uh, he he didn't say anything like, would this be okay or is this too much? But he, he did tell me uh, after the show on Saturday that he was worried that that might be too much for me. But I didn't let on. And I didn't tell Donna that I was anxious for that. So that was a terrible experience to go through in the sense that that's the most anxious I've ever been in my life. And yet I knew I needed to win Brady. So I, I went and did it. And it was amazing. Like I, I got through it and that was a big, big win for me. And, and I, I've been journaling for a while. I'm not sure if you journal or have or, and, and so I look back on my entries, basically that's, I hadn't journaled. I haven't journaled in a while because that was a real turning point for me. Uh, in fact, I just looked at it uh, a while ago and on March 22nd of this year, I put in, put in an entry and it was something like uh, nothing really to jot down. I'm just doing great right now. And that was big for me. I was just so big. Uh, and now I'm a little bit concerned about the upcoming season. I'm going to see the person that's helping me and just make sure I'm on top of things. Right. Because that's, you know, you just have to do that. Wow. Thank you for, thank you for that. That is like the easy, I just asked you a question that a lot of people would, would kind of tiptoe around and especially, you know, in your position and there's a lot of people that watch you and know you and have known you and, um, you know, it could have been easy for you to, to kind of tiptoe around that and give me kind of uh, an answer that was maybe still an answer, but you know what I mean? And that's sort of, yeah. been, you know, I don't, even though I think people know that this is sort of what we're going to talk about on the show. It's not always what we talk about. I like to have fun and do other things, but people kind of yeah. know you'd be surprised at how many times I would think that people were like, okay, we're going to talk. And then it's like, they get on here and then, and I understand I'm not like mad or anything, but it's just, it's really refreshing when somebody is just like, Hey, 
here it is. And this is what I was going through. And this is what I'm doing. This is my plan. And you lay it all out there. That is how people can start to relate. And this is when people can like get help from a show like this. So thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. Very welcome. Like I, I'm not ashamed to say when my thoughts were getting the best of me uh, in 2020, uh, when I went to see the person helping me, I went every week for months. And then uh, he and I both decided, uh, and by the way, my sessions went down from an hour to half an hour and I was doing quite well. And then basically for the half hour, we weren't even talking about my mental health because I was just doing okay. We just talked about hockey. But the, the cool part about it was, Brady, I just wanted to go back to his office every week because it made me feel good. It was a safe place, right? So that was really good. That was very important for me. And then he and I both decided that I should take a week off. And then I think I may have taken two weeks off and that was good. You know, like a, a nice step to get away and see how I can do it on my own. Those are all important things. And, and then again, it just got the best of me this past winter for about three months. But you know, and I've seen my person every single time. And it's just so amazing to sit there and hear their perspective and know that I can get through it. Yeah, uh, I, it's amazing is that just that, that support and they're just Michelle, there's a few comments coming in, but I just want to get to one is uh, Michelle, Michelle Miner, the mother of Daniel Miner, she's watching. Um, and she says, unfortunately, uh, a lot of people slash families feel they can fix things themselves without seeking professional help. And I think that is a really common thing. And I think for me personally, a lot of times it was a, an ego pride thing or in a shameful thing. I was shamed. Um, and I kind of wanted to ask you, Kelly, because, you know, you're the you're father of, of, of daughters, right? And yep. uh, um, here you are, the pillar of strength of the family, right? Like whether you're the NHL goalie or not, you're the, the, the male figure of the family. And by, you know, whether we think it's right or wrong, I think by <laughs> societal standards over the last number of years, that's sort of been the role of the man. So how were like how was it when you were feeling maybe back in '93? Were were you telling? Were you able to tell Donna these things about how you were feeling, or was there still because? And I'm the reason why I'm asking yeah. because I yeah. still have a lot of this myself, right? Mm -hmm. My own. I, I want I because I got to have it all together for this person yeah. or for that, and it's it's hard to navigate. Yeah. Well, first of all, hi Michelle. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for the uh, comment, and you're so right that. And I'm guilty of it, even though I, I'm a dad of a daughter that had went through years of extensive therapy, still see somebody, happy to say, at 29 years old, uh, Caitlin. Um, but even though with my experience, I'm not sure why I waited so long. And I don't think it was a pride thing. Um, I talked to my family, like I said, I talked to Don, I talked to the kids about it, and I just, just delayed it. I just don't know why. But it's too painful, too lonely. So I suggest, uh, as Michelle does, don't do it that way. No. So going back to 92, 93, uh, Brady, I did not share enough with Donna. And, and that might have been the culture, my age, a um, lot of stuff going on. Uh, but you know the story. Barry Melrose was, uh, I say, brave enough to put me in contact with the guy that helped me so much, uh, Tony Robbins. And so I was able to meet uh, a number of times personally with uh, Tony and work one-on-one, -on -one, although Barry shared some of those meetings with us. And uh, that was, and the reason why I was so open then, I think maybe the reason why I'm so open now is that um, 
because I didn't like it. I, did, I wanted to get better, right? So when Barry and Tony and I met for the first time and really got to work, I was sharing everything that I was going through, which, you know, that's, you know, maybe a, a brave or dumb thing to do when you consider you're supposed to be the starting goalie on the Los Angeles Kings uh, with Wayne Gretzky and you're telling your coach how, how uh, poorly you feel about yourself, right? So I really laid it on the line and, and uh, much to my surprise, I was, I actually was quite surprised how quickly I turned it around also. Now, what I've been dealing with recently, it hasn't turned around quite as quickly, but that's okay because I have a lot of the tools or I have the tools. I, I love it. I, I love that. And that's, that's been a common theme in my life too, with, with my recovery and, 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 you know, navigating some of the hard times. Cause man, these last couple of years, almost it'll be two, it's two and a half years. So it's been, there's been yeah. times where it's been a nightmare. People see me on social media and sometimes I share about the hard times, but there's days where it's like a nightmare, yeah. but it's nice to know that, you know, that you have your toolbox. I got my toolbox because we've taken the steps and, and, you know, to do what we have to do for yeah. ourselves and everybody else's journey may be different, right? You may have different tools than I have. You may need different yes. tools than I have. And yeah. and that's just the way that it goes. Um, <clears throat> oh, there was something I was going to ask you there, but I'm so forgetful all the time. Um, I, I got notes. Welcome everywhere. to my world. It's 61 yeah. years old, buddy. <laughs> oh, you look fantastic for 61. You still look like this young pup here. Look at that. <laughs> look at that. Oh, my gosh. Med Hat Tigers. Let me. Hey, that rink is that is that the rink that they recently closed down that you played in? They have a new one now, but did you they play in? New, I didn't know that they closed it. Uh, yeah, they, they have. I I don't know that. Maybe um, it's not closed, but I know they have a new one, right? Yes, definitely a new one. Uh, I know there was a lot of talk, Brady, that they were going to close the old one. Um, I was in Medicine Hat this summer for a wedding. And I intended to go drive by the old one because it, of course, gives me a lot of great memories. And uh, I got sidetracked and we're only down there for a day and a half. So I didn't get to it. But uh, yeah, that would, uh, I, I hope not because it gives me a lot of warm thoughts thinking back to that rink. But it also, I guess, probably financially, they, they would. That's prime land, right? Right down yeah. in Medicine Hat downtown. So they might need it for something else. I'm I'm glad you have good memories of that barn because that's where I lost my teeth. Oh no! Oh yeah. What happened? No, that was a high stick straight to the face, and it was my own teammate. Believe it or not, I, I dumped the puck, dumped the puck in the corner, and the, my line mate went and like kind of hit and pinned the guy in the corner. And I was waiting behind him, waiting for the puck to pop out, and the puck popped out. But the guy on my team turned around and tomahawked me right over the face. <laughs> Now, yeah, were you on an extended road trip or are you guys going right back that night? No, we were we were straight back, but they couldn't save my teeth. And I was in the dentist chair the next day. And that was, you know, now I've had these fake teeth. Well, new ones over time, yeah, but right. fake teeth uh, for over for over half my life. But I tell you, it makes it, it makes a good story. It's a great icebreaker with the kids when I'm coaching the young kids. I love That's it. It's been horrible. That's what medicine had to swift current be about two and a half hours. Yeah. Did were you frozen or like uh. nothing nada and actually i'll tell since we're on the topic i'll tell you this i'll tell the story it's it, it happened with like four or five minutes to go in the third and uh the you know there's supposed to be a dentist and a doctor at every game and yes. else. Well, there was four minutes to go and so the dentist took off and so i remember i actually remember like picking my teeth up because i had braces for six years kelly and so when i got hit all the roots and everything came out and i didn't know that if that happens and they don't break they can actually put them back in your yeah. 
comes. And so I had them. I remember collecting my teeth off the ice and skating across from our bench into their bench because the benches were across from each other. And I was waiting in the, the medical room over on their side, which was weird, but it was because yeah. it was a dental thing. And then yeah. the dentist never come. He never came. And so they put my teeth in milk and they're like, if you put them in milk, they'll keep. And then, and then by the time we got to Swift Current, the dentist was like, yeah, no, these are these are not going to take. Like they were yellow. Yeah. And so, hey, whatever it is, what it is. Right. I dealt with worse. That was just the, the calm before the storm, if you will. <laughs> now there's my dad. My dad's watching and he says, and you just <laughs> had your braces off in August. Oh, no. I remember I sent him a picture of of, uh, of me with the old cell phone cameras, like one of the very first, right. phones, just me after in medicine, that big smile, bleeding and, gums, the whole nines. And, Told you, dad. Told and your dad, you. Brian, like us, like all three of our kids had braces. We know how expensive braces are for uh, all the kids, right? So, oh. Or, or yeah, Brian. yeah well, I, I, I tried to I tried to tell him. I tried to tell him. Um, I told him when I was young. I said, don't bother. Give me braces. I'll probably end up losing them playing hockey. And sure enough, <laughs> I, 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 man, I manifested it. So um, tell, tell us a little bit about more good days while we're on. I want to get into some hockey stuff, too, if you don't sure. mind. And, and I love to, to talk hockey now. Sure. I've never been such a big fan of hockey in my my whole life, I think, and just the cool. game and learning and coaching. And yeah. I kind of want to talk about that, but just a quick uh, plug to, to Caitlin and more good days. And uh, I can help direct well, people, but tell people what more good days is wearing one of the t-shirts. So uh, yeah, if you go to moregooddaysclothing.com, that's where you can find all their products. And uh, it's just something that's really, really uh, uh, organic, really how it all started. Go back to Kate when uh, she was uh, four years into her therapy uh, she came to Donna and I and said, Mom, Dad, I'm having more good days than bad. So we always thought, like, what a profound statement. And then uh, her and her husband decided to make it a clothing company. And so uh, we're really proud of them. Uh, it was really cool, too, because, you know, how, how all these things sort of come together, right, Brady? Kind of like uh, you and I sharing all this. And you and I started chatting about two and a half, three years ago, I think. Uh, and so now we consider each other friends, but so they had a, a market, um, here at a place in Calgary, uh, about a month ago or something like that. And, uh, so I like to go to the markets and talk to the people, uh, when, you know, when they're selling their clothes, more good days. And, uh, I, I posted on social media that I'm going to be there. And just prior to this, so about seven months before that I posted on social media that I carry a laminated card with me now with some thoughts uh, to help me get through the day if I'm having a tough day. And for me, it's breathe and a bunch of other things uh, that are important to me. Your card could look different. To, and so anyways, we went to the market and this guy came up to me and uh, really cool. First thing he did, he opened up his wallet, pulled out a laminated card. But what was really cool, he read all the important uh, points that he had uh, uh, on his uh, card and I thought that was really cool so a total stranger just because I suggested maybe carrying this card in your wallet in case you're having a bad time bad moment you can look at it and give yourself a little bit of perspective this guy shared his thoughts with me I thought that was so amazing and so cool and and that's where it all comes together with more good days and you and this whole uh, talking about mental health.
I, I love that. That's so inspiring. Right. And he took it upon himself before even meeting you and then came down and, yep. you know, to show uh, the impact that, you know, you've had on his life and how much it's yep. helped. And that's, that's incredible. And again, like it's got to feel really good, right? When we can help people, when we realize that something we're yeah. doing, whether it's directly or indirectly is helping yeah. people, it also yeah. makes us feel pretty damn good too. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it does really good. And now I know people, have suggested to me, why don't I just put it on my phone, right? And that's like in the notes section. And that's a great point, maybe for somebody else that works. But for me, I like to hold it, right? It's really important for me. To, I'm that kind of, my brain works that way really well. If I have it and I can see it, then it's, it works easier for me. Yeah, I, I'm I'm like that too, especially too. Like if I'm reading, I much prefer to have a real book versus yeah. say uh, an ebook or yeah. or whatever. I mean, it's I'll take what I can get when I where I can get it, but the the <laughs> physical copy and having it, and I think the yeah. idea of having it in your wallet and holding it is 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 a lot more powerful. Yeah. So yeah. make sure you're following more good days clothing on instagram and i think on twitter as well too or if not yeah. search them on on twitter yeah. um their website more good days clothing.com and if you're listening to the audio the links to uh the social media accounts uh and the website to shop uh will be available after so um thanks for sharing that with us and you must be again before we move on really proud to again there's your daughter who you watched when yes. she was young kind of struggle through her <coughs> own mental health journey and there she is uh now making an impact um yeah. helping people as well it's got to feel really I'm proud cool. and as you know her husband hayden is the artist right so yeah. that is that's what he does uh, for a living and just just really comes up with some really cool uh artwork on uh, on the clothing yeah i love it i there, i saw a purple hat i gotta, I gotta yeah I got to order myself that purple hat. I'm a big purple guy. So, um, or you should, or, and also they have brand new toques this year that uh, I, I just love those also. They're just really great. I have to get some before uh, I head out on the road in the next little while. Oh, yeah. I see. I see them. I'm on her Instagram right now. That's a, yeah. Yes. Kind of zooms out a little. 100%. Yeah. Those yeah. are my fave now. Yeah. Those are. Those are awesome. No, it's great. It's look at the whole families in them there too. That's awesome. Well, I love it. Um, question for you about hockey, um, coaching. You never really got into coaching. How come? Is there a reason? You just moved in a different direction. I got to know. You never had the itch. Yeah. Well, I think Brady, for a lot of us that have played, coaching, it was always intriguing to me, right? Like I, I thought about it, but my opportunity in broadcasting occurred back in like 95 when I started to get, I was kind of interested in it when I was even playing back in New York. But then when I started to get some opportunities, even when I was still playing my last four years in the national hockey league, I, I worked for hockey night in Canada. If we lost in the first round or didn't make the playoffs. So my, I wasn't really thinking about going into coaching because I was really focused on broadcasting. And so, and that's also what made my, retirement a lot easier because I already had a, uh, a contract waiting basically at hockey night in Canada that if I quit, they were going to offer me a deal to come work with them. So that was quite easy to, to retire in the sense, cause I knew I was getting lousier and I didn't like that. And, and so this gave me something to really focus on, which was, uh, who knew I was going to be doing this this long, right? I had no idea. Well, it's fan It's fantastic. It's a, it is it's fantastic, right? It's a great gig. And I can't, I think is, you know, I know there's a lot that goes into it way more than people yeah. 
um, understand. And it's not like you just get in there and you just talk and you have to know your stuff. You have to do your homework. You have to do your preparation. You have to do all of that. It's a lot of work and, and, and kind of goes to your point of the sort of the anxiety that it can bring to you, you know, in the past and, uh, and just how tough of a job it can be, but being connected to the game, like, do you, you obviously love the game of hockey. Are you still a huge hockey fan? Do you get excited um, to watch hockey? Cause I don't know how, how many other people uh, have seen more hockey games in the last 20 years than you. <laughs> yeah, I do love hockey. I still love it. I still love talking about it. Uh, my wife and I am lucky. My wife likes hockey. So uh, let's say if we could go, if we go to a pub and have a bite to eat, uh, we'll watch a game. Uh, I'm actually quite surprised sometimes because I might be on the road for a little bit. I'll come back a week later and I'm quite surprised how, uh, she, she knows what's going on in the hockey world. Like she, she still pays attention and stuff, which, uh, is kind of cool. And so, uh, yeah, we're, we're really lucky. I, I can, you know, throw on a game. I, I watch more on my laptop now than I ever used to. I used to, I have some TVs in my office and, you know, just, I used to put up a bunch of games and I, I still like that because then you can really focus on it. But uh, I find I'm more connected now. I'll just sit up here actually in this room uh, and uh, I have my favorite little comfy chair there and Donna might be watching TV and I'll put the headphones on and watch a game and really sink my teeth into it. I like it. Like I, I, the game has changed so much from when I played and, you know, from when you played and, you know, but it's, uh, I just love it. I, I think the evolution of the game is uh, important. It's not as uh, rough and it's not as barbaric, if you want to use that term. And it's more skill, it's more speed. Everybody knows that. But it's, I, I like to also say that I'm, uh, I'm one of those guys that I'm embracing the changes. I'm not going, oh, darn it, I wish it was like when I played, because that's, that's ridiculous. And, you know, I, I just like the, the talent of the, and the skill of the current players. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I tend to agree and I'll be lying if I told you I didn't miss parts of that. Right. Like as a kid, right, yeah. that's what we saw. I grew yeah. up in the era of Ty Domi, Bob Probert going, yeah. you know, Friday, Friday night fights, you know, or Saturday night fights on hockey night yeah. Canada. And it's, um, you know, and obviously there's more research and education surrounding that and, and the yes. game has changed, but I still do miss that part of it. But on the other side of it, I, you know, really do appreciate the skill and uh, have a great uh, found appreciation for how good these players really are. I had the opportunity to do some, uh, get on the ice with some of these NHL guys, Horvat and Tavares and Gagne this summer up here in Muskoka and just. That's cool. More or less push pucks around for them yeah. and, uh, you know, set up some drills and kind of, you know, do whatever. And uh, to see them again after being removed from hockey for so long and, and seeing it up close, it's, you know, even and I'm not going to name any of the guys that were out there yeah. that I'm going to talk about. But even guys that are fourth line guys that are maybe yeah. on their way out and maybe were in a barbaric role, let's just say even yeah. those guys. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like unreal. Right unbelievable so uh, to your point and i totally 100 percent agree uh i this was a number of years ago but it, it just adds to your point so pj stock whom i love dearly and a great friend and uh many years ago he lives in montreal he had this uh, great idea he is going to have this three-on-three -three tournament uh outdoor rink i believe the area just outside montreal is called blueberry lake 
So I went a couple times and there's this fantastic three on three tournament outdoors, you know, the snow's coming down. Super cool. I can't remember how many participants there were, but nonetheless, I think the the average fan would go, PJ Stock, well, how good could he be, right? He is a fourth liner, he is tough, and that's all he could do. It was hilarious to see all the people that were participating. They were blown away by PJ's skill. Like I, I knew that because I've been around hockey forever. Like the fourth liner is just he's not some guy that can't barely play can just fight like they have skill real skill yeah. a lot of those guys um you know were leading scorers in junior hockey uh, like i love the story nick kiprios people also think about him as uh not very skilled in the national hockey league i think i i could be off by the number brady but nick kiprios scored 59 goals i think his last year in the ontario hockey league i think he was second in in uh, goal scoring and so, like, that's not a fluke. So, you know, that's my point about the fourth liners and these guys that might get a reputation. They are good. Really 60, good. 62. That's 62. 60, yeah, I knew, I knew it was huge, right? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it was, to be honest with you, the one guy that was on the ice, I, and I mean, it, maybe I, I kind of felt stupid because I should have known better, maybe. But I'm. I, it took. I was on the ice with this guy for half an hour before I finally I had to go up to Gagne and be like, "Hey, who's that guy over there in the whatever gear?" Because I don't want to out him. And he's like, "Oh, that's so and so." And I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "No." I'm like, "No way." I'm like, "There's no way." And this is a guy that people would be like, "Oh, you know, he's this whatever." You know that guy that people like to rag on put your skates on. I'll take you to a session with him and let me know how you do before you're going to talk about anybody in the national hockey league. It just right. drives me nuts. Yeah. It drives me nuts when people want to chirp and, and give their two cents when they've never, they don't have a clue <laughs> what it takes or how good they are. Well, you know what I always say, Brady, if you've ever played a game in junior hockey, you're phenomenal. Like, do you know how many people you've already weeded out just to get to play junior, any, any level of junior, and I've also said to play one game in the minors, you are at just such a high elite level. And I don't like when people just sort of discount that or dismissive towards the guy that plays uh, uh, three years in the minors. Like that guy's a heck of a hockey player. Yeah, you're damn right. And sometimes maybe certain people just don't get that right opportunity or get that right fit. But I'll tell you, I was I was in for a rude awakening when I stepped into the American Hockey League, boy. People yeah. also don't understand how good the American Hockey League is. One hundred percent. You could slot any one of those guys in a in a you know bottom six forward or or you know bottom yeah. D pairing, and you wouldn't be like, oh, that guy's out of place. There's yeah. you wouldn't be able to tell. Well, you know what I found about when I went turn pro? When I left Medicine Hat and I went to play in Indianapolis, which was a farm team for the Islanders back then, what really, well, two things. I want to go back. First of all, when I played junior, that was eye-opener for me because that's the first time really in my life where people had to pay to come see our teams play, right? Yeah. And that was interesting because now that you're a paying customer, you have a you have a voice. You can say whatever you think about uh, the player's performance or the team or what have you. So that was a big learning curve for me. But secondly, what, the bigger one was when I played in the minors, and I was uh, what nineteen, I think, years old, and to see 
most of the guys on our team had families. So they're, they're providing food for their families. So the, the competition level went from here all the way up here now because it's guys trying to uh, feed their families. And that was a real eye opener for me as well. Like, holy cow. I thought junior was serious. This is really serious. Yeah. And then it takes it up a notch when you play in the National Hockey League again. Yeah. And and people are always coming for that job. And always. Especially as a goalie, too. There's only, there's only two spots on every team. Like, to make it as a goalie, I, I look, what are the odds to make it as a goalie in the NHL? I never hear that stat. Like, there's no, I don't of, think they're very good. <laughs> not good at all. Like not good at all. So I mean, it's it's incredible to think. Yeah. You know, it's just a, it's a totally different game from back there. Um, I, I think of the odds too. Funny Brady, how what are the odds a kid in in West Edmonton? That's me. Yeah. That didn't start playing organized hockey till he was twelve. Didn't uh, play rep hockey as a kid until he was sixteen. What would the odds be that he's going to play in the National Hockey League and then he's going to be a broadcaster on Hockey Night in Canada for 24 years? I don't think the odds are very good. I, I wouldn't bet a lot of money on that. No, people, I, I, and this is not the right attitude to have, but people would have laughed if oh, you totally. suggested that. Here's Kelly Rudy at 12 years old signing up for hockey. Oh, here he is at 16, and he's going to play rep hockey. But don't worry, he's going to go on to play in the WHL, the NHL, and then be a staple on Hockey Night Canada for no. almost closing out 25 years. Yeah, no. yeah right. And no. here you are. And no. here you are. So, you know, that brings us up to a, a different uh, question. I'm going to ask you Yeah. after. So when I was growing up, and I don't think I shared this with you the first time, my mom and dad, we didn't have a lot of money, but my mom and dad gave my brother and I, I have an older brother, Ken, gave us the greatest gift you can give your children. And that was a love for the mountains. We grew up, like I said, in Edmonton, Jasper was about a three and a half hour drive. So we would go camping to Jasper and Banff every year. I, I can't remember if it was a week or two weeks in this trailer. And uh, so... I love the mountains. And so, you know what I want to do for a living? I wanted to be a park warden. My my goal in life was to be a park warden in Banff or Jasper or Yoho or Kootenai, one of the mountain parks close by here. And uh, unfortunately, hockey got in the way and, and all that. But so that's my question to you. What did you want to be when you're a kid? Yeah, um, I think, you know, I always, uh, aside from the the obvious of wanting to be a hockey player, but never yeah. actually believing I could be a hockey player. So what the hell is the point of, of gotcha. having that mentality, right? Um, I, I think definitely a firefighter, right? My, oh, my, yeah. dad, my dad's a retired fireman, mm. and that's something that I always felt like, okay, well, if I'm going to do something, and I've always sort of been that, that guy, like even when I played hockey with all the volunteer opportunities with hockey, I was always the first one to sign up. I love to go to the schools, to go yeah. to the senior centers, to to go wrap presents for the the homeless or the less fortunate, um, all that stuff. I just, because I love that, because I love the way it made me feel. I recognize that from a very early like age. And so I think a big mm. piece of it was not just that my dad was, uh, was a fireman, obviously that helped, but I think I would just always reference it to like, I would get to go to work and just be, kind of paid to put in situations that if I came across them, I would just naturally jump in and want to help anyways. Right. Cool. And now I'm trained to kind of do that. Like yeah. if you see, you know, if you see, a, if you come by a car accident and there's no emergency responders on scene and there's mm -hmm. some 
dress. Like, are you going to drive? I could never just drive by that. Like whether I'm training or not, I don't know if I could do anything, but I can't buy it. And so I always kind of recognize that, Hey, I would like to be in a position of being able to help. And so here's a, here's, you're going to get called and told where to go be of help and get paid to do it. So I always thought that would be a real cool career. And I'm going to, try to um, sorting a few things out of my life still worked on getting my license back still another step to go there but it's all coming together slowly Um, but as soon as i'm done the full process i do plan to um, uh, apply at the volunteer department here in gravenhurst in muskoka Um, it's like a paid on call and so it would fulfill that dream kelly and i did like three quarters of my fireman school and then quit, right? Because I went through a lot of stuff and then right. obviously the, the stuff happened. And it was a mm-hmm. big disappointment to my dad, not just because he was a scout in the Western Hockey League, but he's the president yeah. of the union for the fire department was going to, yeah. you know, kind of help me, guide me to be that. And then that. So I think it'd be, uh, it's a, it'd be good for me and uh, something that I want to do. So long answer to your question, cool. that would, that would be it. That would be it. Well, I'm cheering for you and knowing you, uh, I'm sure you're going to accomplish that goal, Brady. I'm cheering for you. Well, I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate all this, all the support, Kelly. And like more than anything, I, I'm going to get to some comments here before I let you go. I know your time is valuable. You got your crunch time. You're like, what do we got? Like a couple days before the season starts? Uh, nine days for me. Nine days for you. Start until the 13th of October. Okay. All right. Well, that's going to come quick. We know that. And I'm sorry, but I can't. I can't wait. I've been dying for hockey to be back on. Me and too. I never, never thought I would say that. I never thought I would say that again. But yeah, I, I want to get to some comments because I know some, and if anybody's watching now too, if you want to, um, you know, chime in, now's the time. Cause uh, we'll let Kelly go here momentarily. Um, Adam running. He's got a couple in here says Kelly, one of my all time favorites. Um, Thanks Adam. He said, uh, let me get to his other one because I saw him. (laughs) He said, uh, Kelly, I had your poster on my wall growing up. Well before all the anxiety and mental health issues came abroad 30 years later, you have now become and earned a completely different kind of respect from myself personally. Thank you and still love the blue chevron as DC would call it. (laughs) Proud of you both. And I myself was back between the pipes last Friday, anxiety free. First time. In many years. Beautiful. Thanks for sharing that, Adam. That's phenomenal. I'm glad you're doing okay, bud. Um, yeah, it's quite the journey that uh, we're some of us are leading, and I'm I'm really uh, thankful that you shared that with me. Thank you. Yeah, that's incredible, Adam. Running lives up near. Is it Brockville, Adam? I want to say near near Brockville, if it's not in Brockville. Um, but he's been a, a been a, a listener viewer of this show for a long time. So Good. thanks. For- Thanks for chiming in. Uh, Brody Kerbison watching. He's watching. He says on the big screen. Um, I'm sorry. I'm, guys, I'm not going to be able to get to all of them, but I'm going to try to keep them in order here. Um, we have some braces comments. Oh, Dean Smeal, uh, brother of Stan Smeal watching, says my kids will be happy. Not only just puck support swag for gifts. Now more good days swag will be open uh-huh. now for gifts. Awesome. And while wow. we're on the topic, sorry, before you hop in, I got to show this picture because this is a picture of Dean's daughter, Kaya. And I got this picture today and uh, she is 
making her dreams as a broadcaster come true. And there she is on the air and she's done some uh, work for me here on this show. And uh, that's her on the air. I think it's at Sate. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Dean. Sorry, uh, Kaya. Oh, cool. That is so cool. What a, what a interesting Dean. Thank you for that. Uh, say hi to Stan. I know he's going through some stuff, but um, Kyra, so I was, uh, in fact, I did a, an event at SAIT last night. I introduced uh, Cal Bacostas because he was given uh, an honor um, at SAIT last night. So it's it's so cool how this all comes together, right? Yeah, it's, uh, it's awesome. And, and I'll just second that too, because I, I didn't address it, just thinking of this meal family. Yeah. Um, you know, tra just a tragic, tragic loss. And mm -hmm. uh, Dean, Dean has become a, a really uh, good friend of mine and somebody that, you know, we kind of lean on each other, like, cool. like, brothers, like an older brother to me. So Dean, love you, buddy. And uh, thank you for, for all the support. Michelle Miner also wanting to say, have a great season, Kelly. Looking forward to seeing you on Hockey Night in Canada. Thanks, Michelle. My dad also now chiming in says, uh, you need a second book to come out, Kelly. Any plans on that? Yeah, that's funny, Brian and uh, Brady. I was thinking about it in the last few days because my first book was basically just about my playing career, but I think I'm I'm getting close to starting to write a book or at least put down some thoughts about my uh, my broadcasting career and the mental health part. So I think that would be uh, something that might be in the works. I, I I'm not. I'm not announcing anything, so <laughs> I'm just saying I am now actually starting to think about it. So. Well, I listen, I, I would read it. I've read your book uh, three times uh, myself, the first one, and I would definitely pick up that one. And I think it's really important too, right? Because um, now I, for, maybe I'm being selfish by saying this, but I would love to hear more of your story. Like, yeah, we heard about the hockey um, and, and sort of where you were up to that point, but I feel like there's there's always more to come. And the way that you've handled it um, has just been such a great example for, for how people can kind of overcome and, and let people in. I think that's something that I've really um, taken in from this episode tonight, especially kind of sitting here, thinking about your relationship with your wife, Donna, and how important that is and the support and being able to tell your family and the fact that the people you're going to work and yes, you're going through this, but yeah. you're not the people around you know, and so it puts them in a better position to kind of support you. So I think you're just a it tremendous does. example, Kelly. You're a tremendous yeah. example. Well, thanks, Brady. But it does put me in a better position to to get through a day or uh, an hour or something, whatever it was troubling me that day. If I if I'm open and I'm sharing, then I have support, right? But if I try and do it alone, then I then I have no support. Yes. And, and the support for me uh, has been, and I just, I, I always refer back to me because I can only speak on my experience yes. and that's, and that's it. I can't speak. I can't say you or them or yeah. it's me. Yeah. And my experience was that in hindsight, there was always a lot of support around me and people wanting to help even years and years ago when I was really struggling. Mm -hmm. um, but I just wasn't, I, I didn't feel like I could tell these people in fear of letting them down or fear of being judged sure. or fear of having to fail and accept the fact, you know, of things that have happened and just choices I've made, whatever it may be, yeah. all of it. Um, but when I was ready to stand up without that support, there's no way I'm still standing. There's no way. Yeah. Hey, there's one thing I'd like to make clear, Brady, 
because you and I are really open about uh, what we've been going through and other people and sharing. Uh, I would suggest also that get the help that you need, but you don't have to share with people. That, like you don't have to share publicly, like going on a podcast like this or, or sharing with the world. That's not for everybody. Uh, it clearly works for you. It works for me. It works for Caitlin. It works for some other people. Corey Hirsch, uh, Michael Landsberg, so many really great people out there doing some important work. But I don't think it's for everybody. And we have somebody that, whom we love dearly, and uh, they've been getting help for a while and uh, doing fantastic. In fact, this person is, but they don't like to share their story with the public. And that's mm -hmm perfectly fine just just the only thing i suggest just get the help for yourself because otherwise it's too painful and too lonely as i said before and you have no obligation to share with the world it's a great point it's a great point i've, I've brought that up a couple times in the past but i think it's 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 not about telling the whole world all the time like hey here i am this is no. what's going on it can be just one person, a therapist, a friend. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it seems to me, and again, my experience and from what I've heard, and I'm curious, I'm sure you're the same, but when I was able to do that, what a weight that was lifted off my shoulders, right? Yeah. Oh, the uh, first time I went to the guy helping me, my therapist, <clears throat> I cried the entire hour. And then and but I got my truck after and it was the biggest relief in the world. And then I was so excited to go back every time. Right. It was then I then I was very rarely that emotional again. Uh, still emotional at times, uh, but uh, not not as much as that very first time when I just let it all out. And it was so it was hard to do, but it felt really good. Damn right. And that's right. another thing. Right. Boys don't cry. Men don't cry. BS. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. We need to. We need to. And uh, that was sort of, you know, I always, I, I would always feel almost like guilty if I cried. Like even in like silence, like secret, I would like go into wherever, like say I was in Swift Current and Junior and having a hard time crying myself to sleep at night. But in my yeah. self-talk, I'd be like, come on, you wuss, stop crying, like pull it together. And and it's okay to just let those those emotions those feelings out and, and especially those tears out it's been well, tremendously healing i don't mind sharing i am a crier i always have been a crier <laughs> yeah right and yeah. You know, I, i'm that kind of guy that honestly brady if i go to a wedding i cry i'm so happy for the people <laughs> yes yes Man, that's like my mom i couldn't even watch that show extreme makeover home edition me and my mom called it oh, the, cry, the cry show that's what we right? called it the cry totally, show I totally agree with that i forgot oh. about that. i loved it yeah when you see people that's usually when i cry too when i see people doing well or yeah. you know other people experiencing joy yeah. um that's that's a big one yeah. um too and that's and that's a that's a really great place to be isn't it isn't that a great doesn't that feel good now to to be in oh, comfortable yeah. in your own skin to be able to own that and be like yeah, yeah. Like I have empathy and i feel good and i'm gonna yeah. cry and i'm happy for other people and we don't have to like pretend like we're this macho tough guy it's like no this is great That's this right. feels amazing i'm 100 uh, behind you on that 100 yeah well kelly listen you got a lot of broadcasting uh coming up in the near future and i would say probably close to 100 of it i'll be watching so okay, um, listen i uh you know 
um, I'm definitely behind you over here. And I know you have a, a great support network. And uh, but if you ever need any anyone or someone else to lean on, buddy, I'm always here. And I, I really, really, really greatly appreciate your willingness to be transparent here tonight. And I hope uh, maybe at the end of the season, maybe we can do a recap and see how your year was for you. And uh, yeah, just thank you for being so kind and, uh, and supporting me over these last couple of years. It's been an absolute honor to, uh, to have you on my show and get to know you. And if you ever need anything, just send me a text and we can chat if you're, you need anything, but love you. Love you too, Cal. Thank you so much. I, I really, really appreciate it. And uh, all the best to the family. And here's to more good days, buddy. I like it. That's a good way to sign off. All right, Cal. Talk soon. Take care. Bye. That's Kelly Rudy from Hockey Night Canada. Awesome. I love it. I'm feeling fantastic. I'm feeling fantastic. I was tired before the show. I just got home. But I feel good. And that's always the case. Whenever I do these shows, and a lot of it is uh, the, the guests, fantastic. Kelly was fantastic. I'm going to come back and wrap up the show. The comments, I know, sorry, guys, I didn't get to all of them. Uh, fire away. Um, if you want, I'll post them at the end of the show. But we're going to hear from our friends over at Pride Tape. And let me tell you, this video needs an update. But enjoy. Pocket of Hell and Back is brought to you by Pride Tape. Pride Tape is a badge of support from teammates, coaches, parents, and pros to young LGBTQ players. It shows every player that they belong playing the sport they love and that we're all on the same team. Show your support for teammates, coaches, and fans in the LGBTQ community by wrapping your stick with Pride Tape. Every roll of tape will make an impact in sports and beyond. Inclusion starts with leadership. Check out some of the ideas of how you can get involved at youcanplayproject.org. Check out Pride Tape at pridetape.com. For more information, you can send an email to aubrey at pridetape.com. That's A-U-B-R-E-E, -E, aubrey at pridetape.com. You can find Pride Tape on facebook.com slash pridetape, on Twitter at pridetape, and at pridetape on Instagram. Pride Tape thanks all of you for being champions for change. Uh, thank you to our friends over there at Pride Tape. Um, their book has just been released, and I'm going to talk about that on a near uh, episode. I'm going to get Dean and Jeff from Pride Tape. Shout out to, to Dean Petrick. Mentioned it on the last episode. His son, Andrew, with the Everett Silvertips, gotten a scrap, gotten assists, getting his feet wet in the Western Hockey League in his first year. Way to go, Andrew. Uh, probably bring Andrew on the show at some point in time, uh, talk about his journey to get to the Western Hockey League. Uh, and uh, yeah, pump for him. This glare off the sign is killing me. Need some better lighting in here. That's the next step. Uh, thank you to everybody uh, for watching. I know the audio uh, was a little bit crackly there. Uh, maybe I can tweak it a little bit in my audio program for the uh people who are going to listen back to it on Spotify, on Pod, Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Deezer, on all those places. I can't even keep up. Podbean, if you are listening, thank you. Share it with your friends if you liked it. I don't pay for advertising. Not quite there yet, but maybe soon. Um, really greatly appreciate it. If you're watching on Facebook, please share it to your wall, as they call it. Um, and... 
if you're watching on Facebook, if you want to slide over to YouTube and subscribe to the Hockey to Hell and Back YouTube channel, that would be very, very, very appreciated. I'm trying to get away from Facebook completely and build the YouTube channel. But guess what? I don't really know how to do that. So if anybody actually knows how to do it and has had some success doing it, and you want to help Hockey to Hell and Back, let me know. There might be some opportunity in it for you. Who knows? Who knows? Where can we take this show? That was a great conversation with Kelly. And, you know, I'm just going to wrap up the show by saying that I personally, I didn't talk about myself a lot, but that's all, again, that's all I can talk about. I can't talk about other people. I don't, I don't like talking about other people or other people's experiences. I just want to not tell everybody what's going on in my life. Not in detail, but man, it's been hard. There's a lot of stuff going on in my life that's been extremely difficult to navigate as of late. The only thing good about it all is that in year, like in the past, there's no way I would have handled it the way that I've handled it. I would have went out and, and used drugs or self-sabotaged. And don't get me wrong, there's been moments where I've wanted to quit but not use drugs. Um, life can feel really heavy. And that's been the case for me lately. And to be honest with you guys, quite often over the last two years, and I've hit it pretty well, maybe. Maybe not around the people that are around me all the time. I think some people know. But again, I don't really openly talk about it all the time and, and let people in on what's going on with me because it just feels like too much sometimes. There is no magic solution here for mental health, for life. We will all struggle. We will all have things happen to us, some good, some bad, some indifferent. I don't know. Everyone's perspective is different, but I'll tell you, I know there's a lot of people that are like, oh, you got your life back. Good job, Brady. We're proud of you. You know, how did you do it? How did, what did you do? Like, I don't know. I don't know. But it's one day at a time because some days it's so damn hard to just get out of bed. Some days it's so damn hard to sit here and go live and find the energy to even do a, this podcast. And it's not because I don't love doing them. It's not because I'm not grateful. It's because my mental health can take a turn for the worst like that, where I get crippled, where it is bed. I need to go to bed. I just need to lay down. I need to shut off. And it's not necessarily the most healthy way to deal with things. But for the moment, that's working. It's better than going out and using drugs or self-sabotaging. Take a little siesta, sleep it off. Doesn't always work. Very rarely works, but at least for a couple hours, I get a little bit of relief. The other side to this is that I'm hopeful, is that this stuff does not last forever. There's ebbs and flows in life, but the, the situation that I'm in is will not last forever. It just can't. 
So I keep fighting. And if I'm going to keep fighting, then I need everybody watching and listening this to do the exact same thing. Because I know there's people that watch and listen to this show who struggle every single day, who struggle every single day to get out of bed, to struggle every, sing struggle every single day to put on a smile, to go to work, to, to just get through the day. I know there's people on here that think there's alternatives to escaping this life frequently. I'm telling you to just please keep fighting. Please keep fighting. We are all in this together. There are people who care. There are people who want to help. And let me tell you, there are people that know what you're going through. It might not be the exact but I don't care what you tell me you're going through. I guarantee you either myself or someone close to me that I know has gone through something very similar. And that's just the reality of mental health, addiction, abuse. It's a lot more common than we still want to acknowledge. So I appreciate every everybody's support and coming on here and you know watching the show, listening to the show, uh, sending me messages. I have not done a great job at getting back to people. I apologize. As I just mentioned, I've been going through a lot where it all just kind of feels like too much. Not this, not everybody, but just my life in general. Or it's like I just need to take a step back and kind of figure out the things that I need to figure out so that I can continue to move forward. And it's going to take a little bit of time to navigate these waters. There's no doubt, but I promise everybody I'll keep fighting. You got to keep fighting. Natasha Heron's watching and says, do you have strategies that you use now to get through the hard times? I just told you I go to sleep. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, I don't just go to sleep. I, I do breathing and I and I do a lot of meditation and I listen to positive affirmations, podcasts, uh, positive meditations, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm not as good as I'd like to be with sharing with other people. And here I am being like, it's okay to be not okay. Tell somebody, reach out, ask for help. And I'm not the best example for that because I still struggle with it. And I think we all do. How you doing? I'm good sure you're good? I'll tell you I'm good, but I'm probably not that good because it's just easier to not have to burden somebody else with my problems. That's what my brain tells me. Got to deal with it on your own, which is not the right way to approach this. Sorry, I'm... We got some comments. Gen G watching says, always take care of yourself. First can't pour from an empty cup. It's a great quote and a great point, but I don't feel empty. I do, I'm not overworked or tired or for, or, sorry, I'm not tired from being overworked. I am tired from my brain constantly working and feeling guilty around certain situations and missing time with my kids. And that is where it all stems from. It's not that I have too much going on. I just need to sort it out so that I can 
kind of balance my life out, if that makes any sense. And I guess it comes back to always take care of yourself first, can't pour from an empty cup. As you just said. Great point. Michelle watching up there in South Dundas as always here. Love you, bud. Love you too, Michelle. Thanks for all the support. David Carlson, I know is watching too. I'm going to end on a couple notes. Let's Talk Mental Health is happening on... Man, my memory is terrible. Is it the 12th? Let's Talk Mental Health. Elaine, throw me a bone again. I don't do uh, the scheduling around here. Let's talk about that. Stuart Smith texting me. Well, we wait on the date for the Let's Talk Mental Health. It is taking place down in St. Mary's, and it is going to be a mental health sort of summit where I am speaking and also the Smith family is speaking. Uh, we're coming together uh, to, to shed some light on mental health and some substance abuse issues as well because I believe they play a part in each other. November the 12th, there's Brody Kerbison, right-hand man there. November the 12th, 1 to 4 p.m., free of charge. Stay tuned for more details. But I hope to see everybody there November the 12th in St. Mary's, Ontario. Go follow Junior Sea Hockey Volunteer. She'll point you in the right direction or you can email team at pucksupport.com. Also, November the 19th in Richmond Hill, Ontario, Team Puck Support will be facing off against Team Stop Concussions. Kerry Goulet, the Gooch, that's his nonprofit, great organization to help stop concussions. We will be playing to raise money for Puck Support, which will be our first event. It's really our first official event. It's really his event, but we are kind of co-hosting it where we're going to play and they're going to raise some money for us. So I'm calling it our first unofficial official event. Thank you to Carrie Goulet for inviting us to be a part of it. If you want to come out and watch, it is at Paramount Sports, 7 p.m. November the 19th. There's going to be ex-NHL alumni. I'll be playing. Many others as well come out and support two great causes. Music cut me off there almost, but I'm not quite done. Puck support. Pucksupport.com. If you don't know what Puck Support is, it started off as just an idea in hopes of helping the hockey community surrounding issues related to mental health and substance abuse, also known as addiction or substance misuse. I started to uncover the stories. And again, this is an old picture that needs to be updated. There's many, many, many more that have lost their lives who are not in this picture to suicide or overdose. There's now 82 hockey players in our database. Friends of mine are in here. 
any of them I didn't know, but now connected to the families. It's all about them. It's honoring those that we have lost and trying to ignite change to create conversations surrounding mental health and substance abuse to encourage people to get the help. The other side of it is we are now a registered nonprofit organization. So the clothing line is separate from the NPO, but the clothing line will contribute some of its profits uh, back to the nonprofit. Now the nonprofit, uh, we're going to start off slow. We're going to do a couple events this year. The chairman of the board, Stuart Smith, just texted me, uh, Lana McCutcheon and Susan Cook rounding out the board. And then of course, Graham Bonner, uh, and many other amazing people, Dr. Robert Graham, Dr. Uh, Denise LaFrance, uh, Alan Hicks, uh, I'm forgetting people. Um, Zach Clark, couldn't forget Zach Clark, uh, also going to sit on the board uh, on the financial side, which is uh, exciting. He was uh, best friends with Daniel Miner. He's going to be sitting on the board as well. Um, we we plan to do some some things uh, like I said, start off small, uh, but we want to, uh, to partner with as many people and organizations that have the same sort of goals and values. And it's going to take an army. You're going to hear me say this over and over and over and over and over. It is going to take an army. People always ask, what can I do to help puck support? I want to be involved. Just help. Just be there. Share share puck support. And I don't necessarily mean go, hey, go buy a hoodie or go to the website. What I mean is if you are wearing puck support, strike up a conversation and, and put yourself in a position to maybe be an ear for somebody, be an outlet for somebody. And if you don't know how to do that, there's so many great educational tools out there and they're not hard to find. And we hope to be able to provide them on our website in the near future to be able to educate ourselves, to help people go through whatever they may be going through. But you want to be involved in puck support, be puck support. That's how you help puck support is you help the world. You just become puck support. You be there for others. You show kindness. You show compassion. You take it upon yourself to educate yourselves and those around you so that people have a greater understanding of what mental health, mental illness, and substance abuse, substance misuse, addiction, whatever you want to call it, people have a greater understanding of what that looks like and why people may be going through what they're going through. When people have a greater understanding, they can then meet people with compassion, meet people where they're at, understand, shift our thinking, not just us as individuals, but us as a society, we need to shift the thinking so that when somebody is struggling, there is no shame, there is no guilt. Instead of feeling like they have to do it on their own, it's, wow, no, I'm struggling, but it feels really good that I know people have my back. That's puck support. And that's what I mean. Like puck support doesn't have to be around. You become puck support. To be the best person you can be. Put yourself in the best possible situation to make this world a better place. We'll see you guys all next Monday. Until next time, hello to all my family. 
back home in BC. I'm coming home very soon. Brooklyn Brody, love you. All my kids. I love all my kids very much. Um, can't wait to get back to BC soon in the next month or two. So, um, again, compassion, kindness. You are not alone. And remember, make it a great day if you so choose. was my life, rookie of the year, swift as a bronco, laced up in my gear, Match the pain when insane, yearning for that buzz, twelve your journey through the depths of hell, criminal fentanyl, I struggled, I fell, abused, confused, as the shadow of who I once was. Also, October the 7th, Spotify, this song drops. Chad Campbell, thank you. Go follow Chad Campbell on Spotify. Music video coming in the next two months. Hockey down and back. Have a great night, everyone. Wrong kind of how to ride the lightning. Sideboard ignored, hot and frightened. Hockey to hell and back was my recovery road. Can't sleep, restless week. Up all night, adrenaline heat. I need to get my life here back on track. Emotions drained, I can't stop crying. Except my reflection, no sense lying. My inspirations are getting killing back. Mental health over hockey. Gotta get people talking. Ignite the chain up again, it is real, but the soul is bold. Changes from my former convictions. Now I live for the fuck addiction. I've got honest to honor the ones we lost. Finally doing what I'm meant to do. Strap on your blade, you can follow me too. Give me your ear to hockey and healing back podcast. Can't sleep, restless week. Up all night, I can't repeat. I need to get my life here back on track. Emotions drained, I can't stop crying. Except my reflection, no sense lying. My inspirations are to feeling back. Pretty leaves on 